The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. Yappa Toy, and welcome once again to a King Fun Radio, the official show of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking. With me in the GHR studio, we have our engineer, sports guy, Tom. Hello, hello. Um, he will be uh, joining me for today's adventure. Um, everyone else is uh, staying home and are safe uh, from the uh, coronavirus that's going on, so we are doing our part. Um, this week's show is going to be an interesting one, only because we have going to air an interview which is chock full of curses. So, um, when we play the interview, you guys listening to it on our demand or on the podcast or right now, if you go to the YouTube page, which you're listening to, or the Facebook Live, you'll be able to hear the unedited, cursy version. But then when it gets uh, uh, edited, they will be on the actual radio stations that we do broadcast on. It will be unedited. So, if you guys are listening to us right now, which is in the future, because I'm talking to us in the past, if you're listening to us then, if you want to hear the full unedited version, go to the podcast places, um, of which are uh, Overcast, Pocket Cast, iHeartRadio, Google Play, iTunes, Breaker or Breaker, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Spotify, Podbean, Player FM, Soundcast, Acast, Castbox, TuneIn, Stitcher, Podmus, Luminary, Blueberry, Mixcloud, uh, Apple Podcasts, Deezer, Podcast Addict, Castro, Pandora, Podchaser, you can ask Alexa or Siri. Or you can go to our YouTube page, or you can go to our Facebook Live page, which is what's happening now, now, and as I'm speaking now, and as you're listening to it, and you can hear the unedited version. But uh, So if you're really interested, because there's going to be a lot of beeps, a lot, I'm telling you right now, there's a lot of cursing. <laughs> so much cursing. I think he has now broken the record for the most amount of cursing ever in any interview I've ever done in my life. That's crazy. And as for a guest, the, the most we've ever had was two curses. You know? Really? Two, yes. Oof. So this is... Way more than two. <laughs> it's it's very interesting. You guys will be hearing it shortly. But before we do that, we're going to take it away with the news. Oh, where's my button? Oh, my paper's on the wrong side. Uh, where is it? It's over here. Here we have the news. All right, that's not it. It's morphin' time! The news is brought to you in part by the fine folks of the Big Apple Con, of which we are the official radio show of, celebrating over 25 years of pop culture and comic book stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. Um, their next convention has been postponed. So it was supposed to be on April 4th and 5th with uh, guests such as uh, Jim Lee and uh, none other than the original Green Ranger, Jason David Frank. Um, the... Uh, website shows that it has been postponed. They are, I believe they are either giving refunds for people who cannot make it, and um, I think they're honoring tickets for the next show, which if, awesome. they, if they do it. So you're you're set. So you just go to the website. You know, If you want your refund, you go ask for a refund, or uh, you can just get your ticket uh, moved on to when the next convention will be because they will have another one. I am 100% sure, unless the world stops moving, they will have another uh, Big Apple convention soon. And also, I want to throw a shout-out to Mythic Games. Uh, that's www.mythicgamesny.com. On uh, 2711 Hempstead Turnpike, uh, you can follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and uh, oh, yeah. Discord. I think, I think they're right down the street. Yeah, they're right down the yeah. street, yeah. So okay. I want to give them a, a shout-out because uh, they uh, cross-promote for us. Oh, awesome. And also want to give um, our Patreons a shout-out, for which there are Denny Grillo. Award-winning director Jared Burrell, Two Sentence Horror, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday Famous Dresden Media, Unji Kun, and New Father, Shadow Rabbit Art. So um, if you guys want to have your own little shout-out, go to www.patreon.com, and just for a dollar, you can uh, get your own little shout-out on our show. So now let's take it away with the uh, news. We always start with sad news, so hit that uh, the thing on the... the, the not oh, that uh, one. The, uh, the, yep, this yeah, one that right one. here? Yes. Actor Lyle Wagner, whom I always thought his name was Wagner, died recently after what is being called a short illness. Lyle was in such films as, here we go, 
Swamp Country, Journey to the Center of Time, Gypsy Angels, Murder Weapon, Danger USA, Dream a Little Evil, and Dead Women in Lingerie, just name a few. I now want to see Dead Women in Lingerie. <laughs> Um, in addition to on the small screen, Lyle appeared in such shows as Gunsmoke, the original Lost in Space, The Governor and JJ, Marcus Roby, indeed the original Love Boat, Happy Days, the original Fantasy Island, the original Charlie's Angels, Mork and Mindy, Murder She Wrote, Hard Castle McCormick, Simon and Simon, Golden Girls, That 70s Show, and The War at Home, just to name a few. Of course, Lyle is most famous for that of Steve Trevor in the original One Woman TV series from 1976 to 1979 and is for 182 episodes stint as part of the ensemble cast of The Carol Burnett Show, which ran from 1967 to 1974. Um, of note, Lyle was in running, and there's a screen test of this on YouTube, you YouTube can check it out, for none other than Bruce Wayne in the 1966 Batman TV series. And as a nod to that, Lyle appeared in the made for TV reunion movie, Batman, uh, Return to the Bat Cave, The Misadventures of Adam and Burt, as a narrator, which brought back all the Spider Man movies in the past and the show He was 84. Holy crap, I timed that, that so was, well! That was so. Oh my god! That was <laughs> unbelievably perfect. Oh my god. <laughs> That is, that is just serendipitous. Wow. <laughs> and I'll tell you this, I did not plan it that way. It's like you're a professional. <laughs> wow, there we go. We got another one of that. There we thank go. You, thank you, studio oh, audience. Yeah, take the victory lap. <laughs> so moving on to um, our regular news. I can't even say it's not sad news. It's just regular news. Yeah. Um, from the, this is a lot of reading. From the, this is how the zombie apocalypse started department. Emerald City Comic Con, Reed's, uh, Reed Pop's second biggest convention after New York Comic Con, has been postponed to the coronavirus uh, concerns. Executives say, we want to create a space for you to gather, to be yourselves, and make memories with those who matter to you most. We have been closely monitoring the situation around the world with the COVID-19 virus in Seattle, and after many hours and conversation internally and consultation with the government officials and the Tourism Bureau, we have decided to move uh, next week's, which was uh, last week's, I believe, uh, Emerald City Comic Con to summer 2020. Uh, date and details to be announced forthcoming. We did everything that we could to run the event as planned, but ultimately we are following the guidance of local public health officials indicating that the convention should now be postponed. Our hearts go out to the entire Seattle community, everyone impacted by the virus, and all of you, nearly 100,000 amazing human beings who look forward to this event each year. Our team was incredibly excited to see you at Emerald City Comic Con next week. However, fans, artists, and exhibitors, and the rest of the community are what make Read Pop events so special, and it is our duty to make sure that you safety comes first. Whew! We know that this discussion is going to greatly impact the lives of individual creators, small businesses, and service workers, those uh, whose careers depend on us. We will do everything that we can to over the coming days and weeks to highlight your work and that we ask the entire community to support you as we realize your personal livelihood may be impacted. To all of our fans, you will receive a refund on your tickets. No further action is needed to take on your part. Due to the volume, we expect uh, you will receive your refund in 30 days. We appreciate your patience and understanding. Reed Pops remains determined and committed to running Emerald City Comic Con in 2020 and are working closely with the, uh, with the Seattle and Washington State Convention Center to secure alternate dates this summer as we explore options. For the next few days, please know this priority to bring you an equally amazing event. We appreciate that all messages that have uh, received over the past week. Feedback was invaluable in helping us determine the next steps. Stay tuned to our website for channel and additional information. Uh, about when we will see you in Seattle. Um, so the reason I read that whole thing is because by the time this news was made to mm -hmm. now, everything else has been like canceled. So that yeah. kind of that kind of uh, is, a, is a good blanket statement for everything that's been canceled. Absolutely. Um, what was interesting about this event, which it was one of the first ones that that started that, that decided to announce their cancellation. Yeah, I believe this was before NBA decided to cancel, but it might have been around the same time. Okay, so it was like a, a chain reaction of events. But what makes this one interesting is that before they decided to announce that they were closing, um, they uh, vendors and celebrities and people were like, "Yeah, we're not gonna go." So yeah. it kind of forced their hand back then. 
I mean, now we have quarantines. It would have happened anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But but back then, it was interesting of how the the people dictated what they were going to do. And they're like, well, if everybody's not going to show up, we want to have the best convention. So let's close it now. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of a smart thing to do as opposed to. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna do it. We're gonna do yeah. it until we can't do well, it. Well, because what, because uh, what, I, I feel like if they would have been that type of way where they were trying to force, so we're gonna do it, we're gonna do it, we're gonna do it. You may alienate the people that are looking to go. Like right. if you're telling them, like, look, this is for everybody's safety, everybody's comfort. We're gonna cancel it for now. Maybe postpone it to a later date. You know, people are like, okay, I can, I can kind of get behind that. Maybe right. if this fits my schedule, when you decide to have it up again, I will absolutely come on down. You're not forcing a convention down my throat. Correct. You know? And uh, what was interesting is that a lot of um, uh, artists, which are independent artists, as they mentioned, you know, that's their livelihood being yeah. at conventions. Yeah. They, uh, a lot of them did like online uh, chats, online uh, conventions. They had online, you know, you can still you can still buy their stuff from them online. Yeah. You can still do that. You can still support them in any way you can online. Yeah. So even though you're not at a convention, you can't. They'll they'll sign stuff. They'll mail it out. So you know you can work with the artists. That's awesome. Do commissions. Um, even the convention uh, center, the Read Pop has uh, been like a spotlight on all the people that would have been there. Like, oh, by the way, check out this stuff. So they, they are doing, awesome. doing some things. And it, it, it has spilled from when this happened to movie theaters are closed, movies closed, productions, yeah. TV productions, Broadway is closed, sports, all sports, like no sports. <laughs> You're telling me, man, it's been brutal. <laughs> and, and we were talking before the show, a sports yeah. guy telling myself about the XFL, like, yeah. How long ago do you remember when was the first time he did it? Like five years, six years ago? Maybe uh, more, ten the years. The first time the XFL was around? Yeah, yeah, it was probably about like ten years ago. So ten that. years ago, Vince McMahon, who runs WWE, yeah. was like, I want to have a football organization. He did it for one year, and it failed miserably. Flopped. <laughs> so then he's like, well, I'm going to wait another ten years. I'm going to do it again. And then this happens. Like... He must have like the worst luck. Yeah, he like fate does not want him to have a football league. It's, <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous. Um, I mean, I, I don't know, man. I, 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 I hope it come. Like, I hope it comes back once everything settles down. Right. But it's just like Vince, man. You might just, yeah. you might need to stick to wrestling. <laughs> if you do it again next year, what's gonna happen? Like, yeah. do you want to attempt the fates? But yeah, you know, it's it's weird how a lot of these things are just you know shutting down bit by bit by bit, and that's a lot of uh, a lot of the news. Um, so speaking of the coronavirus, from the die another day department, MGM and Universal has announced that the next James Bond film, No Time to Die, will be delayed and to release until November, rather than a scheduled release date of uh, April 10th. In theater and theaters release, release citing concerns for the coronavirus, but this one was different in my mind. Because they were one of the first movies that announced that they weren't going to have their premiere. Mm -hmm. What was interesting is that the film had been getting flack for other reasons. Much like when the Charlie's Angels was getting flack. And um, there was one other one. uh, The Birds of Prey was getting flack. So I believe, well at least this is um, for, for the James Bond film because they have been, I stay away from trailers. But I, you know, you still hear things. Yeah. And they're talking about how uh, there's going to be a black female James Bond yeah. in this in this new movie, and it was getting a lot of a heat, lot of heat, a lot of, of backlash. Of course, it's gonna. So at the time when they decided to announce it, I think that they were just like, you know what, we're gonna try to to distance ourselves from any problems at all, which will affect our box office. Yeah. So I don't think that they were doing it out of um, concern for the people. I think they were doing a concern for their bottom line. Oh, I, I totally agree with you. They looked at this as maybe maybe use thinking of it as like a, a blessing and a curse for them is, right. is, a, is a harsh way of saying it. But they looked at it like, oh, my God, we have an opportunity to close and this movie isn't, isn't right. getting the like public review that we would like. We're going to do it. We're just going to say, oh, sorry, coronavirus yes. is here. We're going to cancel. Or and, and, they, and, and they decided to distance themselves because you – yeah. Sad to say, the American populace has a very short attention span. Oh, yeah. So by the time this movie comes out, they all would have forgotten about this, and then it would have had the, the big release as they, they're planning. Oh, yeah. Um, this is this reminds me of Avatar, the original, you know, now the second highest grossing movie of all time, Avatar. When Avatar came out, no one thought it was going to do what it did. No. And that first weekend... There was a snowstorm in New York. There was a major snowstorm. Oh, you know, I remember that, yeah. So when the numbers came in, they're like, oh, this movie's a flop. This is this. It's the end of this. And then the second week it picked up because the snowstorm was over. And then it became the longest-running movie at number one. I think it was 13 weeks yeah. at number one. Highest grossing movie of all time up until you know the other day, which is Avengers Endgame came yeah. along and kicked it out. But you know, they, it's, it's how they love to play the numbers. So yeah. they were ready 
planning to to say, oh, well, because of this or because of that, which is stuff that they're doing right now. Like when, like, as I mentioned, Charlie's Angels came out. As soon as it underperformed, they're like, oh, this is because of this, this is because of that. And in my in my opinion, um, what it is is that it's marketing because the the initial numbers of any movie is what the people drive to go see it. It's not how good or bad the movie in and of itself is. Yeah. It's the buzz. It's the marketing of the movie, which is that first initial push. Oh, yeah. So uh, whenever they say, oh, this movie underperformed because of because it wasn't good, like, well, no. It's because they didn't market it correctly. They didn't push it correctly. Oh, absolutely. They were um, actually, um, I know you're not a Disney person, but uh, the, movie, the, the movie the uh, movie Onward just recently came yes, out. Yes, yes. It didn't do well. Correct. Because, and a lot of people are saying it's because they didn't market it correctly to everybody. Like, not enough people knew that this movie was even happening. Right. So it flopped at the box office when, I mean, as I am a little biased, like I said, grew up Disney freak. I love all, a lot of their movies. Um, I loved it. I thought it was a great movie, and I thought it, it didn't deserve to be considered like a flop by any means. But you know, pe- they, they, people didn't know about it. People didn't know when it was coming or how right. like, like how often it was going to be there. And so, but but then when they blame stuff, they never blame that. They never blame no, that. They always no, blame no. oh the 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 was it social justice warriors? This yep. they blame this. They're like all those reasons. Well, no, it's it's about marketing. And look, the the Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel. They were gonna. They were saying, "Oh, that's gonna flop. That's gonna this. That's gonna that." But they had so much money, they shoved that movie down your throat. The marketing yeah. was oh, there. Yeah. Good, bad, or indifferent of how that movie was. People came that first weekend because of the marketing, not how good the movie. Because it was in your face booed. everywhere. Right. So that's something that you have to think about when when you have that complaint, like, "Oh, this movie." No, it's it, the initial. That's not saying you know uh, because of social media and everything moves so fast that. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it will change. Yeah. So if you have a drop off, so if a lot of people come in on that Thursday or that Friday, and then it drops off Saturday and Sunday, that's because it's a bad movie. Yeah, exactly. But if the whole weekend is about the same, you're like, well, then the people who want to see it want to see it, and that was it. There was there was no yeah. Just because thing. it didn't, just because it didn't hit on the the opening night doesn't mean it's necessarily like you're saying necessarily right, be a bad movie. Like it might not hit opening night on that Friday, but Saturday, Sunday, people are packing the theaters for it. Right. You know? And 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 I would go to Shrek was one of the few movies that did better the second weekend. Than it did the first, yeah. just by word of mouth. Yeah, because people want to see it, and then and then it actually went up. It's one of the few movies that actually go up the the, the following week after um, being released. So that's that's just one of those things. Uh, on a on a more positive note, um, NBC Universal has decided to make its most recent film releases available at home from on demand faster than originally planned, going live on home the same day that the movies would have hit theaters because theaters are now closed. So that's kind of cool. That's great. Um, executives say. Uh, given the rapid, evolving, and unprecedented changes to consumers' daily lives during this difficult time, the company felt that it now was the right time to provide this op- this option in the home as well as in theaters. Uh, well, this is before the theaters closed. NBC Universal will continue to evaluate the environment and conditions involved and will determine the best uh, distribution strategy in each market. Will current unique uh, situation changes? Universal Pictures has a broad and diverse range of movies, with 2020 being no exception. Rather than delaying these films or releasing them into a challenged distribution landscape, Ooh, that's interesting. We will wanted to provide an option for people to view these titles in home. And it's both accessible and affordable. Hope and believe that people will still go to the movies and theaters when they are available. We will understand that people in different areas in the world, that is increasingly difficult, becoming less and less possible to do so. Um, so that's interesting. What is also interesting is that this goes back, I'm going to say, geez. When, what, do you remember when the interview came out? The movie, the interview, Seth? Uh, um, wasn't that? I'm gonna say uh, it was, it was like five years ago. I'm gonna say I think it might have been around uh, there. Maybe, maybe four, more than five. Four, four or five, five years ago. Yeah. Um, I, as as you may remember, I I used to work at a movie theater. So one of the things that the movie theaters working in a movie theater, you find out that the movie theater uh, companies, the, the distributors, don't like the movie theaters. So Warner Brothers does not like movie theater companies. Um, was it uh, Paramount doesn't like movie theater companies? They don't like AMC. They don't like those guys because they're basically a middleman to get their money because you have to pay them or whatever. Yeah. And so you're cutting off the profits. So for years, I've mentioned this before on the show. For years, the movie industry has been trying to figure out how to circumnavigate the movie theater. Yeah. And when they were going to have the interview, that was their first major movie release. And because of all that stuff that happened around that time, 
um, with uh, North Korea was, uh, I think it was like a they were threatening a, to attack. cyber attack. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it interfered with how well that movie did on the streaming because it was released on streaming and in theaters at the same time, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it didn't do the numbers that they were hoping because if it had done it at that time, they would. That was the plan. That was what they were banking on. If that movie did well, they were going to move away from movie theaters. And just send it directly to people. So at um, when I went to this movie theater conference, this is when the movie 300, the second 300 movie was coming out. So this was like, you know, maybe 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, I was in the conference and they were talking about that. The movie theaters uh, were talking about what do we do? The movie uh, executives from, from different companies came down to promote their movies that was coming out. And I'll never forget this for as long as I live. The vice president of Warner Bros. at the time, like this really 100-year-old man, came down. And he was talking about these movies like it was nothing. It was just like, yeah, this movie's going to do this, eh, whatever. He, he had no enthusiasm about the product. He just knew about the numbers and the... And yeah, the, and he's, the, he just cared about the bottom right. line. So um, that's what they wanted to do. They wanted to... The goal was at that time, which is to stream anything directly to you. You're, you're driving in the car, stream the movie directly to the car. You're in the phone, stream it directly to you. Cut out the middleman and they'll make more money. That way, movie theaters are like, well, should we sell a DVD when people are leaving? They were still trying to figure it out. So now that we're in this situation where movie theaters are closed, the movie theater industry is like, yeah, this is our chance to really push this. And if it's successful, then the whole movie theater industry is going to change in a, in a nutshell. In, I, I agree with in you. In a minute. Yeah. Because once they don't need the movie theaters to get that movie to you and they're making a, a, a su- substantial profit off of it, that's it. Movie theaters are, are over. Yeah. They're going to have to go for alternative content, which is what they've been slowly moving towards over the years. But now it's it's kind of just ramped up because of the situation that we're in. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, it's it's like uh, – but I feel like we've been kind of headed down this road with the more and more like Netflix and, right. and like Hulu creating their own content, like creating their own movies and stuff like that. So I feel like this is the, this is the avenue that we've been, we've been going down. But now you also have uh, movie theaters themselves trying to turn themselves – into bigger experiences like you have the the Alamo draft houses yes where you can yes. go and get full course meals it's and, an and drinks and make right. it a, a an event rather yes. than me just going to watch a movie because I, I could do that at home right you know? and I mean and realistically there's a lot of home theater systems that are far superior than actual oh, yeah. movie theaters yeah like um I, I like I said I used to work at a movie theater so I know exactly the, the, the all the technical stuff barely yeah. of what they had what the capabilities are yeah and then you know you you buy the machine and then it sits there for years and years and years and years and years so even right now if you go and buy a new TV you're probably getting a better system than what's been sitting in a in a in a movie theater for five six seven years oh yeah and you could go you could just you know instead of having to go drive out and sit at a sit in like you know whatever movie chairs I know some right. of them have the nice recliners and the cushioned seats but you could sit on your own couch yeah. get your own food. Get your be dressed all comfortable and just sit there and watch a movie in the comfort of your own home. Exactly, and the fact that um, this is you know they're, they're trying to move it, and now this is their chance. This is their opportunity to really push it. Yeah, and it's 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 so weird how movies are no longer going to be movies. Like, I, I this is I mean this is what they've been trying to do. This is their opportunity to do it, and that's why it was so important that that Netflix movie won for the Oscar. Yeah. Because it legitimizes them as a movie production company. Yeah, it it makes it it makes it like it makes it feasible that you could watch a a perfectly produced like produ- uh, produced movie. Yes. Like at home, streamed through Netflix. It's like it, it it is on the same level as what you would where you would go see an Endgame. Right. Like, you know, it has to be on the same plane. And and that's the thing. So the movie theater, the movie company, not the movie theater, the movie companies just want to be able to make it that it makes that amount of money. That's the, the, yeah. the that's what they're trying to figure out. Because once you release it digitally, then you get the you get more pirates than you have right now. Yeah. Because right now you have pirates. Uh, one of the biggest uh, pirate problems is overseas. Um, uh, they have less stringent uh, copyright laws, and you know people just go into the. They can actually make a copy of the digital file that most movies are sent on now. It's not even film anymore. So that you can get a perfectly um, copy, a perfectly digital copy of the actual movie. And, you know, there's places right now, I'm sure, if you're listening, you can just go on and, yeah. and get a movie that's, you know, out there. I mean, that's um, 
Wolverine movie got got leaked that way. Yep. Somebody, you know, they, it, it's possible right now. Well, that was how many years ago? That was a long time ago. Wolverine was a while ago. Well, even parts of the even parts of the uh, the the new Star Wars trilogy got was, leaked, was out. got leaked quick. So so right there, that's it's 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 possible now. So that's the thing they have to worry about. So if they're gonna have, uh, they're gonna spend a hundred, two hundred, three hundred million dollars on a film to make it, they have to be able to make sure that they get that money back. Yeah, that's true. But even then, like, don't you think almost at this point that it's kind of a crapshoot because I don't believe, um, I don't believe enough people are still going to the movies. So is it enough? See, you say that, but then people want to see Endgame. That's that's, that's the facts. thing. That's like, true. Well, I mean, but, but okay, but uh, like outside of Endgame, like there was Endgame. I will give you that. So that is the people. That is the people big will one. go. Yeah, but for, but I but I, I don't think there's enough movies that people will go to see. That's that's also true, which is yeah. another thing. That, that's yeah. why they have to decide how much you want to spend on the movie yeah. when you're making it. That's why yeah. Joker was such a big hit because they didn't spend that much to make the movie. Yeah. And it made gangbusters mm-hmm. as it comes back. So they're like, all right, so we can if Fair we enough. can if we can do a model where we're only spending a hundred million dollars to make a movie, you know, then we're we're golden because we don't have to worry about distributing anything else. We just send it right to you. You're paying five, ten dollars a pop, maybe twenty for a limited time. You know, you listen, you're able to watch it, and then that's the other thing. So you have to be like, you can watch it, but then you can't steal it. You know, those, those little yeah, I don't, those little things that they yeah. have to to do it. But this, as I, as I mentioned, when uh, the Disney Plus streaming service came out, that this was the moment in time where everything shifts, because if the Disney streaming service did not do well, it would have shifted the whole thing. But now that Disney service is doing extremely well, everybody wants to have their own streaming service. That's how it, it just shifted the whole playing field. So now, because movie theaters are closed, this is the time that's going to be the shift in what happens. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that's it uh, for the news. Um, we're going to uh, take a break. Okay. And we're going to be right back with It Came From The Radio. This is The Amazing Question, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. Hey everybody, this is Todd McFarland of the Record Setting Spawn comic series. And if you're looking for any kind of cool conversation about creators, about entertainment, about all that good stuff, you go to It Came From The Radio. You're listening to the right spot. Hey guys, I'm Christy and I'm here to make the coolest custom cake for your next event. I also do cake pops, cupcakes, cookies, you name it. So if you're searching for the perfect birthday gift, preparing for your big day, or maybe there's nothing coming up, but your sweet tooth may have just given your brain a swift kick because of me. Give me a call at 631-606-8166 or follow me at Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C. That's K-R-I-S-T-Y. Thanks. Sword of Omens, come to my hand. I, Lion-O, command it. Hi, everybody. This is Larry Kenny, the voice of Lion-O on Thundercats. And you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Now, back to our show. And welcome back to the King of Radio, for sure, the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking in the GHR studio with Sports Guy Tom. Hello, hello. Um, as I mentioned earlier, this is a very different show. Uh, we're actually going to air an interview uh, with Christopher Kamen Lee, the um, original Red Space Ranger. Well, he's the only Red Space Ranger. Um, the interview is going to be full of curses, so if you're listening to us on the air, um, you have to go online on any of our digital platforms to listen to the uh, unedited version. You can go to our website, uh, any of those places that I mentioned. Uh, you just listen to it there. Um, but if you're listening to it right now on the air, it's going to be an edited version. Um, for those of you on our Facebook Live page, um, we're going to be talking about other stuff. So we're going to play the interview while we're talking. So you can listen to the interview, hear all the curses, or uh, just listen to us uh, jibber-jab for a little bit. So let's play that from the PowCon right now. This is Mark Torres with Came From The Radio. We are here live on tape at the second annual PowerCon, and I am here with none other than the Red Space Ranger, played by uh, Christopher Kamen Lee of Andros. Did Andros ever have a last name? No. So it's just Andros. Yeah, it's just the uh, aliens don't have last names. So. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently they don't. I don't know why they don't. Um, so, uh, we were talking about how, basically, Power Rangers in space, 
save the franchise, and 20... Two years, 20, 20 years later from Power Rangers in Space, right? About uh, 20 years? 1998 was the uh, season, so yeah. So 21 years, 20, 21, 21 years. 21, 22 years. Yeah. So all those years later, yeah. do you still reflect on how, like at the time, I'm sure you didn't know that you were saving the franchise. Yes, we did. Really? Yes, we did. So tell me a little bit about that. We totally knew about that. Um, uh, yesterday we were doing the, um, we were doing the panel. And uh, we were asked, you know, did you guys have any idea about, you know, where the season was going? Or did you guys know that it was supposed to be the last season? Yes, we did. Um, Roger has a little bit of a, a hazy memory. So does Tracy. Um, Selwyn, I think, remembers it pretty well. But, uh, yeah, uh, one of the, um, one of the uh, executive producers came up, not the main guy, which was Jonathan, but one of them came up to us and told us straight off the bat, like right when we started filming, they said, this is going to be the last season of Power Rangers. This is it. Um, and this is like, you know, we're just maybe a couple of weeks into filming the series. Uh, they said, this is going to be the last season of Power Rangers. The show is uh, dying, so we're not going to, you know, it's not going to go anymore. Um, and because the writer, uh, Chip, was... He was a very smart guy. He, uh, if you, uh, I'm a writer myself, and you know, if you, if you have to, if you can't come up with something original, then copy something that's really good. So what did he copy? He copied Star Wars, uh, A New Hope, basically. He copied Star Wars, A New Hope, um, and about. I believe three months into shooting, that's when one of the other producers, and I remember his name, Larry, he came up to us and he said, yo, this, um, <laughs> you guys are killing it. Um, <clears throat> the ratings are through the roof. The show is, the show has never done better. <clears throat> Pardon me. Um, the show has never done better. It, it, it's, it's going crazy. We're going to keep the show going now because of you. And we're like, oh, great. That's, you know, hey, you know, thumbs up for all of us. And then at the end of the series, they said, um, oh, by the way, we're also going to do the thing that they do in uh, Sentai. And that is we're going to change out the entire cast. And we're like, oh, thank you for saving your fucking show then. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, <laughs> it was, it was actually upsetting. I'm not bitter. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a little bitter that. <laughs> the transition from having a progression of the characters throughout the years and then just rotating them out because you lose something, I feel, as for yeah. character development. And now 25, well actually 26 years later from when it yeah. actually aired, yeah. you know, the, 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 the kids who are watching that show grew up and they have kids of their own. And yeah. people most, want most to see. directors actually do have kids. Uh, <laughs> Nemo, my, uh, my, my sweet, beautiful, silver girlfriend, uh, he has two kids his own, and one of them is getting ready to go to college. So yeah. So it's it's crazy how all that is, and I and I personally was like, they should have kept it going with the same cast over and over again. Should have, should have. So what was it like? So when they asked you back, because you came back for the the crossover, for, for, and uh, yeah, you for, came well, for the crossover. That was the funny thing was that um, the crossover thing was funny. Um, for Lost Galaxy, um, for Power Rangers in Space, I the people that I got the closest to, um, one was Nemo, my uh, silver girlfriend, uh, or boyfriend, depending on who you ask. <laughs> and then two was the stuntmen. I worked out with the stuntmen constantly. I worked out with them to the point where my body was almost broken at times. Um, they were all from Japan, and their team was Alpha Stunts. They were the great, literally the greatest fucking stunt team on the world, in the world, at the time. Uh, I don't believe that Alpha Stunts is still in existence right now, but Alpha Stunts were so good that Jackie Chan's guys wished that they were a part of uh, Alpha Stunts. They were that good. And we had them, and I worked out with them um, constantly. Um, they beat me black and blue, bloody and broken. And 
that was the greatest sign of respect because they never held they never held back on me uh, because I showed them I was like yo I'm here I'm gonna try this I'm gonna do what I can and you guys are gonna make me better and they were like all right we're gonna make you better <laughs> and then it's like okay broken and you know uh, bruises and ble bleeding out the mouth and all this yeah they would they would just they would just destroy me, um, but uh, they they were they were like a family to me. So after my season, I stayed on. Uh, I stayed around at the um, at the uh, the, uh, the the studios and all that. Yeah, I stayed at the studios and all that. Um, I stayed at the studios and hung out. And um, I constantly was working out with them. So I met and got to know all of the guys for Lost Galaxy. Um, so before we even did the uh, crossover episode, I already knew all of them. And Danny Slavin, who was the red guy, he played Leo in, uh, in Lost Galaxy, he became like another brother to me. Um, and in fact, we would go out uh, every Friday and we would go um, Friday and Saturday, or Friday or Saturday, we would go out and we would go uh, sing karaoke. Uh, me, him, uh, my girlfriend at the time, and then the stuntmen. Uh, the stuntmen, almost all of them, by the way, had angelic voices. Because karaoke, karaoke is like a, um, it's a thing in Japan where it's like you grow up doing it. So you develop your voice. They were all fucking phenomenal singers. I am just me, so I was just crap. But the one thing that I would try to do would be, um, I would try to sing like Elvis songs because I, I, I like Elvis. Elvis Presley was a you know he was a great singer, you know, great entertainer and all that. Until I heard Danny sing Elvis, and then that fucker stole it from me. Because he was so much better at it than me, and then I was like, "God damn! All right, well, you stole that from me, you bastard! All right, screw it. Then you, you, fine, you take that." Um, but I, I, yeah, I, I, I worked with those guys before we ever did our uh, our episodes together, and I worked with them afterwards. Um, I stayed there and worked out with the uh, stuntmen uh, constantly, and I worked out with the uh, the actors, and you know. Yeah, uh, I had a great relationship with uh, all of the um, uh, Lost Galaxy guys. I'm, I'm still really close with Danny, Reggie, <coughs> pardon me, and uh, Mike. He was the, um, what the hell was he? The, uh, he, he played Slavin's brother, Leo, Leo's brother. He was the... Uh, Magna Defender. Magna Defender. That's it. Yeah, I couldn't think of the name. Yeah, yeah. Mike. Mike was. He was such a fucking awesome guy. I love Mike. He was so sweet. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was. Uh, I was so close to all of them. Yeah. So then you came back for the 10 year anniversary. Was you still involved with all the characters at that time, or you had stepped away, or were you um. Uh, well, I came back for the uh, for Forever Red. Right. That was the 10 year um, anniversary. Was it 10 years? That was a 10 year. Okay. Um, <clears throat> um, it's a funny thing about that, too. Uh, a lot of people don't know this. Um, if you look at the story for that, uh, for that episode, it's very much written that the person who really gets everything happening, the person who really makes everything go on, is Andros, my character. There's a reason why. The person who wrote it uh, his, the writer was named. His name is Amit uh, Amit Bamak, uh, Indian with the dot, not feather, like me. But um, he was my brother. He wrote it for me. He wrote that episode for me, and he was like, "You know what? <coughs> um, what if we do one where we get all the red guys together?" <coughs> And screw that, screw Tommy, screw Jason, screw uh, Wes, uh, TJ, uh, all the characters. I, I can't remember all the characters' names, whatever. No, fuck that. We're going to make Andros the guy who makes it all come together. And he was like, and then he got in touch with me because he got the job on Power Rangers because of me. 
Wow. I, 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 uh, me and my girlfriend at the time, she was, uh, she worked in the ADR department, and uh, she worked right under Scott Page Pactor. Scott Page Pactor was the head of the ADR department. He was one of the uh, producers of the show. Um, so we met him, and we we quickly became like we were a family. I mean, when Amit joined my happy little family, he it was like the one thing that we needed. It was like the linchpin. It was like you know we needed him. Um, a f- fucking phenomenal guy, most brilliant person you'll ever meet in the world too. Um, he speaks uh, four, five languages fluently: uh, Bengali, English, uh, Japanese, uh, Mandarin, and something else. Uh-huh. All fluently. Uh, went to a USC um, on a full scholarship. Uh, he, he got to USC on a full scholarship. The only way you get to USC is if you either know somebody or you are the smartest person in the fucking world. He's the smartest person in the fucking world. Um, so yeah, he wrote the episode and he was like, yo, I wrote this episode. This is about you getting Power Rangers together. You do this. I, I, I know I gotta throw in some shit there for Tommy and I gotta throw in some shit there for Jason and all that. Yeah, it's cool. And I was like, yeah, man, that's cool. But he was like, no. This is you. You did this. And I was just like, yo, fuck yeah. <laughs> I'm the guy. <laughs> so, then after that, we're now at the past the 25th anniversary. Yeah. Are you thinking about, would you ever come back for the 30th anniversary? Or would you come back again? Fly down to New Zealand? There's, there's, only a, uh, there's only a couple of uh, conditions that I would have. And one is that they let my character change his goddamn hair because at no point am I going to wear a wig again. Because I wore a wig for um, I was a wig for uh, Forever Red, um, but uh, on the on the show uh, in space that was that was my hair and that was bleached and that did such damage to my hair that it's. It was ridiculous. It was terrible. It, it, and also, uh, when I got my hair uh, done on the show, that took, um, on average, six to eight hours to do. Really? Because they have to, they had to part it. They had to part it, and there was only four spots that were actually bleached, so they had to part every spot. And I had to get it done every three weeks because my dad was half Apache. My hair grows in fast as shit. So my my roots would grow in. In three weeks, I would already have like half an inch of uh, hair growth. And my hair is, you know, my hair is this color. So it's like a, a brown, darkish brown. So um, it would grow in and it was very visible. So I would have to get my hair re-bleached every three weeks or so. Um, that was, it's a funny thing, um, I worked out with the stuntmen, there was a point where I worked out with them and they, they hurt me so bad that I tore every muscle from my neck to my ankles, I actually couldn't get out of bed one day because I was so broken, I couldn't, I couldn't get out of bed and that was nothing compared to the pain of getting my hair done, that was literally having your head on fire. So, my only stipulations would be, Andros gets a goddamn haircut, he gets to do his hair the only way, the way that he wants to do it. Me, I usually wear my hair in a mohawk, because that's my favorite way of wearing my, uh, my hair. Um, uh, so he gets to do that, and then to actually pay me. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. Getting paid is always nice. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to do the work, it would be nice if you actually get paid for it. So, yeah. That is uh, something that we always talk about on the independence, because we talk about a lot of comics and creators, and you know, you have to pay the artists, you have to pay the people you work with. Um, you mentioned that you also write comics. Mm-hmm. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Okay, um, I've been writing my... Um, I've been writing my comics for 10, 11 years now. Um, I started with, <coughs> uh, excuse me, I started with, uh, 
my flagship uh, series, which is LA Crazy Town. Um, that's uh, I, I've only got six episode or six issues rather out for that, but that's out on um, uh, on my uh, website WestCoastComics.net. <coughs> Anybody wants to go there and look at the whole series, you can see it. You know, first issue to the last one, what we have at least. Um, and then I started writing um, two other series. Um, one of them, neither one of these have been published yet, but one of them is at least six issues deep, and that's called How I Stole Your Galaxy, um, which is kind of like a, uh, you know, it, it would kind of be like um, Guardians of the Galaxy, kind of take that kind of idea. Um, it, it's, it's like that. Um, not entirely like that, but it's like that. I mean, the best the best stories are always stolen from other stories, you know. So uh, it's like that. And then the one that I've been working on lately and most um, fervently is uh, "Come Hell or High Water," <clears throat> and that one is one of my favorite things to write on because it is a it's a combination of three things it's um, take Pirates of the Caribbean add Dungeons and Dragons and then add hardcore porn that's what it is every issue has every issue has at least one spot where Two people are fucking, and it is hardcore porn. You see everything. You see cum shots. You see, you know, dicks on faces. You see everything. So yeah, that's uh, that's my shit, man. And I love it. And and the artist, the artist that I have for that, uh, he's uh, his name is Davy Jones. Um, and I'm gonna plug him really quickly. Yeah, go ahead. Um, uh, Instagram, the actual Davy Jones. You can you can find him there. Phenomenal fucking artist. He actually he actually works with my girlfriend at Disneyland. Um, they help you know dress people for uh, you know shows and shit like that. Um, when I first brought it up to him, I said to him, "Okay, here's the deal." Pirates of the Caribbean. And he was like, "Okay, I'm with you." And I said, um, uh, "Dungeons and Dragons." He was like, "Okay, we'll try to make that work." And then I said, "Hardcore porn." And he was like, "Fuck it, I'm in. We're doing this." So, yeah, it's like, yeah, this is a winner. I like this. <laughs> uh, um, well, I, I don't know where to go from that, um, except, all right, so let's, let's, let's have a, uh, uh, end on a happy note. Okay, well, I mean, hardcore porn is a happy note. Well, I mean... I love, I love hardcore <laughs> porn. Who doesn't love hardcore porn? I, <laughs> <laughs> for the young kids out there, <laughs> I'm sorry, editor, um... People who want to be power in, people who want to be actors. What do you? What would be one piece of advice would you say? I have I actually. I do have something for that. Um, it's the exact same. I think it would be the exact same advice that um, uh, one of my very, very, very good friends, uh, who also is a uh, Red Ranger, uh, or was uh, Brendan Mejia. He was on Dragon Thunder, Dragon Force. I don't know. Whatever the fuck it was. I don't know what the hell. I don't watch Power Rangers. Dino Charge. Dino Charge. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. What the fuck it ever is. Um, him and Yoshi, they were on the same season. Whatever. I don't care. Uh, he, he and Yoshi are very close friends of mine. I don't watch their series because I don't expect them to watch mine. So what the fuck do I care? But uh, he and I have a very similar story to that. And that is, if you're going to um, audition... Not just for Power Rangers, but if you're going to audition for anything, go in there with the mentality, it's hard, but go in there with the mentality that you don't want it. You don't want it. You don't want it. Because I went in there with the mentality, see when I first got the, uh, when I got the call to do um, uh, the audition for Power Rangers, um, again, remember, when I was 15, 
All I heard was Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. You got hair like, hair like Tommy. You look like Tommy, Tommy with the ponytail. Tommy, fuck you, whatever, Tommy. Fuck that shit. Whatever. So, when I was uh, 18, I think, 18 or 19, um, my, uh, my manager at the time, she, uh, she hit me up and she was like, yeah, I got, a, uh, I got an audition for you. It's in Hollywood, Florida. And I was like, cool. And uh, it's actually, it was actually the, the audition was being held where I took my acting lessons. So I knew the, the people that you know, ran the place, you know, very good with them. Um, and my uh, manager, she was like, yeah, we got an audition for you. Uh, it's going to be really big. Uh, you should go out for it. And I was like, cool, what is it? And she said, it's for power. Just, and I said, fuck no. I'm not doing that. Fuck that. And she was like, look, just go out for it. You probably won't get it. <laughs> ah. So, that's what it was for me. I went out for it, and when I went in there, and when I auditioned for it, my whole mentality was, I don't want this, I don't care about this, fuck this, and fuck you guys. And I never, I, to this day, I've never met Haim Zaman, but in that audition, I met his uh, second-in-command at the time, Shuki Levy. He was there. So I came in and I was like, yeah, I'm here for, you know, the audition. And they saw, to my knowledge, uh, from what I understand, they, they saw something like 10, 20,000 people for that, uh, for, that, uh, for that role. And uh, like what uh, Steve was saying at the, uh, at the panel yesterday, uh, you know, the huge amounts of people. When I went in there, I was like, I don't fucking care. And they were like, so, um, uh, we're looking at your resume. Uh, this is back when we had headshots and there was actually resumes on the back of them that we had to staple and all that shit. We actually had to do that shit. We actually had to go out and work for a living back then, kids. Um, <laughs> so, I, you know, I would do like, you know, five, six auditions a day and that would be like literally everywhere. At that point in Miami... That would be everywhere in Miami, and then when I came out to LA, of course, it would be the same thing everywhere there. But uh, yeah, when I, uh, I, I I handed them my resume, I handed them my headshot with my uh, my uh, resume in the back, and they were just like, you know, yeah, all right. So uh, what do you got? And I was like, I don't know. What do you want? And it's just like, well, um, on the back it says that you can do all these type of accents, and I was like, yeah, I can. Um, and then I cool, do a couple of them for us. And I was like, alright. And I did a couple. I did like an Irish accent. I did a Scottish accent. I did a Caribbean accent, which was terrible at the time. Um, but uh, then they were like, and it looks like it, it says that you, uh, you did martial arts. Um, uh, how are you with that? And I was like, well, uh, yeah, I did. I did some martial arts. Um, I was very flexible at the time. Not so much now because I'm 180 years old. But... <clears throat> But I was very flexible, so uh, I could, you know, kick really high. I could do the splits. I could drop down and do a uh, Chinese splits and all that stuff. And they're like, cool. Um, so read this for us. And I was like, all right, cool. Yeah, whatever. Blah, 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 blah. Did it. And I was just like, yeah, cool, whatever. And then I walked out. And then I think it took, it was like four or five months that they finally got back to me. And then they said to me, um, hey, we're Power Rangers, remember us? And I was like, yeah, what do you guys want? <laughs> and they are like, yeah, um, so we want to fly you out to California to do one last uh, thing for auditions. And I was like, all right, fuck it, I don't care, whatever. So I did it, and then afterwards they were like, and this is what they said to me too. <laughs> And it always pissed me off because they were like, how would you feel about wearing a wig? And I was like, I don't know, that'd be cool. Whatever. And then they were like, all right, cool. You got the job. And I was like, fuck, really? God damn it. And they're like, yeah, that's what we want. <laughs> and then they're like, and then they flew me out to California and then they were like, um, like almost immediately after I got to like the set, got off the plane, uh, 
drive from LEX to uh, to uh, Santa Clarita. That's a fucking drive, by the way. But um, yeah, get there, and then they're like, "Oh, by the way, we're not going to uh, we're not going to give you a wig anymore." And I was like, "Okay, cool." No, now we're going to bleach your hair. And I was like, "Oh, really? What?" And then that's where that all started. Wow. So, my advice is <clears throat> to anybody, and Brennan Mejia will say the same thing because he went through almost the exact same thing when he was doing his uh, his audition process. Um, he he. Uh, he, he tried for Power Rangers multiple times. Uh, he didn't get it. And then he... Um, and then he eventually did get it. The way he got it was because the last time that he tried for it, he just didn't care anymore. You go in there with that attitude, you go in there with that attitude of, I don't need this shit. Fuck you. I don't need it. That's when they want you. Huh? Um, social media time. So where can people get a hold of you, contact you, all that fun stuff? Uh, best place would be on my Instagram, which is uh, just Chris came, uh, Christopher Cayman Lee. Um, and then also um, I live stream a lot. I play a lot of video games and I say really dirty, raunchy, nasty shit. Uh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Go figure, right? <laughs> I, I say really horrible shit. Um <laughs> Uh, that would be on my uh, my Twitch channel, and that would be Twitch TV, uh, twitch.tv slash Chris Cayman Lee. So Instagram is Christopher Cayman Lee, and then Twitch would be Chris Cayman Lee. Those are the best ways to get in touch with me. So I want to thank you very much for this in-depth interview. I've learned <laughs> so much, and it was a privilege and honor to have this with you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you, brother. Thank you, man. This is Mark Torres signing off back to the studio. Thank you, Mark, from the uh, past. Um, as, <laughs> as I mentioned, um, it was a lot, a lot of, a lot of cursy curses on there. You've heard, heard some of it on the, the Facebook um, live feed, and it'll be on our YouTube page, and it'll be on all our digital media outlets. So if you want to hear the unedited version, that's where you want to go. If you want to hear the clean version, go to um, the, the station, radio stations that you're listening to now. Um, in addition to beyondthedoneystudios.com. Um, so, yeah, so that's about it. Uh, do you have a final thought uh, for us, uh, Sports Guy Tom? Uh, final thought is... Well, should I show you still Sports Guy Tom if there's no sports? Um, uh, Former distre sports guy. Distressed Sports Guy Tom. Because uh, uh, that's, uh, you know, everybody, my final thoughts is just everybody stay safe out there. Make sure you wash your hands. Don't, uh, don't uh, go touching your face with dirty hands and getting yourself some coronavirus. And if you're sick, stay home. All right, so my final thought is this. Um, we're going to be taking this as a week-to-week -week basis, but our show will continue, so we'll be still having new episodes every uh, every Monday being released. Um, I'm not sure about the Facebook Live stuff, but it, we will be doing shows, so at least we'll still be here doing our best to try and entertain you while you guys all are locked down and quarantined or self-quarantined or self-distancing or whatever term they're using it, but you're at home. Um, so that about does it for this week on It Came From the Radio. Join us right here can every I, week. Can I say one more thing? Yes. Sorry. Okay, so actually, people, I like to, I'm actually going to start like try saying this a little bit too. If you're sitting home and you're quarantined, don't know what to do, make yourself a podcast. Do you do this yourself? Sit down, sit behind a microphone, and make yourself oh, create, some, you create something for yourself because you know you might it might wind up being something that you have fun doing and you know kind of keeps your yourself sane throughout this whole yeah. Crazy so, time. so yeah, so we we support the independent artists. So yeah, turn into an independent artist mm -hmm. and support your independent artist exactly. If you can mm -hmm. if you're able to. If uh, you can't do it financially, share you know do all that social media stuff. That way, people who might be able to or in a better financial position can help these guys out because the the, the financial crisis is going to be pretty bad for the next uh, couple of months, maybe even a couple of years. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so that about does it for this week on I Came From the Radio. Join us right here and every week on this radio station. If you miss any part of our show, go to our website, www.camefromradio.com. The show archives will be up in a week or so. As I already mentioned, all the digital platforms and all of the show you want to hear um, us there. Uh, we have a YouTube page, a Facebook page, a Twitter account. So follow us on all that stuff, and then we'll see you uh, next week. You've been listening to It Came From the Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.